As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Swell Seasons Surf Radio is recorded by the New Stand Studio at Rockefeller Center in the heart of Manhattan and is distributed by Wax.Radio. Hello and welcome to Swell Season Surf Radio. I'm your host for this episode, Tyler Brewer. Yawn Patrol is a collection of 35mm photographs, mostly taken at the beach in New York City between 2018 and 2020. The book is a collection of images of early mornings, friendships, party waves, aging skaters, and an ocean that sometimes feels more like a lake. It's board shorts to booties and back again. Its creator, Hashi Ludwig, a designer and educator currently living in Brooklyn. He's worked with various companies such as Supreme, Nike, The North Face, Google, and most recently, Instagram. He also taught design at the SVA for eight years. Hashi grew up skateboarding and snowboarding in Colorado and has been surfing in New York City and surrounding areas for the past 11 years. And he is our guest on this episode of Swell Season Surf Radio. Hashi, welcome to Swell Season. How's your pie? My pie is great. Yeah, <laughs> you just had a nice little slice of the pie. I did, I did. I had a nice little slice in Brooklyn before I got here. It's running a little late, so it's nice and nice and easy. Oh, I love it. What's your what's your go-to slice? My go-to slice. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, there's so many. Um I feel like that one. I feel like Arturo's, Arturo's. in Brooklyn just because it's so close. And it it's is. like I can get there really quickly. I mean, there's like wood fire with uh 
Emmy Emily's mm-hmm. right by us. That's like a little bit nicer, a little, little bit, bit like, more upscale, yeah, a little bit more upscale. <laughs> if you want some honey and some like nice treats on your pizza, um, but I, I yeah, I'm down with Arturo. It's just like a a good I, proper slice. I've been I've been kind of over the last year year or two. It's been Pauly G's has been like my kind of like oh yeah, this is the slice that I really love. But then you know, but then I like you know. You know, I, I always tell people this, like Roberta's frozen pizza, not from Roberta's, but the frozen one that you can buy in the supermarket oh. actually ends up tasting better, I think. It's kind of funny. I didn't know they did that. Yeah, you could buy a frozen, freeze-dried Roberta's pie, and then you just throw it in the oven, get that oven blasted up to like 500 degrees, right. and it's like five minutes done, and you're like, oh, this is actually better than going to Roberta's. Because you don't have to deal with the pretension either, right? Or the crowds. Yeah, and you can just you can, you can be in whatever you want at your own house. Exactly, exactly. So um, let's talk about uh, Yawn Patrol here. How did the the concept come come about? How did what what were you thinking when you you started coming up with this idea for this self published book? By the way, yeah, I mean, so that's a that's a tricky one. Um, <laughs> let's see. I think so I can't take full credit for the name um and really what Yawn Patrol is is like a it's kind of a group chat. No way. <laughs> with, <laughs> with just a bunch of friends and I think Niall uh Fredericks and our friend Niall kind of kind of coined it but we were just waking up super early and going yeah. surfing and somehow you know Dawn Patrol Yawn Patrol started just like clicking. Um and, um, yeah, I mean, for, for a long time we were just like surfing and yeah. there was no photos, nothing, nothing like that taking place. And then a couple of years ago, um, I just started wanting to take photos. I've dabbled in and out of taking photos just my whole life. Mm-hmm. And, um, I wanted to start shooting photos of friends surfing, but I also didn't want to like, I didn't want to sacrifice surfing. You, you don't want to miss the surf. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I, like I found this, um, it's a Canon WP one mm-hmm. and it's like this old camera that Canon used to make. And it's like a point and shoot and nice. it's super lightweight. It's super small. I like just researched forever. I was like, oh, I don't, I can't get a Nikonos cause then I'm going to like, I'm going to take myself out totally. and I'll just be like, I'll be like, also you'd be worried about a more expensive camera being left in the car. That's right. always stressful. Right. Yeah, you don't know what's going to come around. Um, so yeah, I, I just wanted to shoot and, um, be able to surf at the same time. So that camera is small enough that I have this like little armband. There's a photo of it in the book. That there's like a little armband. I think it's like a GoPro thing or something, but I can mm-hmm. tuck it into my chest zip. Nice. So I can still paddle and I can still shoot with it when I'm wearing gloves. Nice. And I, a lot of the photos are like, I'm not even looking through the viewfinder. It's just kind of like, hopefully something comes out. There's like a <laughs> lot of stuff. There's so many that didn't come out. Must be um, difficult getting film developed these days too. It's not like it used to be. It's, and it's not cheap either. <laughs> no. It's definitely like, I'm like oh, but you're like, what the hell happened to 60 minute photo where I just drop it off and 60 minutes later, pick it up. You know, I, you shoot a full roll and like nothing comes out and you're like, oh, I guess you just keep doing it. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that was really the idea. I just like shooting, shooting photos and having a good time. And then, um, Kept doing that. Did it for like two years. And then the last year, um, m- um, my dad actually passed away. Oh. He passed away in March or in March um, from dementia. And I w- was kind of like showing him a bunch of the photos. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, oh, I think I want to, you know, I want to like make something with it. I want to do something about it. And he was like so supportive. And then um, he passed. And I kind of just felt this obligation to like do something with him because yeah. I, I talked to him about it. And um, 
it was also pretty like cathartic in terms of like putting it together and you know now, now it's like a, a bit of an artifact for like good times and also a, a pretty like definitive point in my life and like a pretty serious marker and um you know I'd, I'd always like love to tell them stories about what we were doing and just like you know it's like when you tell people you surf in new york yeah they're like are you, are you fucking serious <laughs> like really okay you know but I don't know. So that that was kind of the whole thing. And like the catalyst for making the book was was definitely that. And um, I'd also had a lot of conversation with Moscow and, and Alexandra from, yeah. from Head High. I actually grew up with Alexandra. Oh, really? I went to high school with her and she was, she's like so supportive. Yeah. Um, and just, she was like, oh, she knows so much about that world and I knew nothing. And she, I was like, oh, I'm thinking about maybe trying to do this thing. And I really don't know what I'm doing. And she's, <laughs> she's just super awesome and gave me tons of insight and connected me with a bunch of people in that world. Oh, so it's great. I mean, I'm getting like chicken skin a little bit <laughs> talking about it. It's, it's beautiful, you know, and, um, and for our listeners, I'm, uh, I'm like holding it right here and I'm going to have to bite into it. Or, bite it, bite I mean, it. No, bite it. I just, I just got a root canal, so I can't, I got to mm. be careful, mm. <laughs> but I got, uh, my keys here. These are, I love opening books on air. This is like my favorite actually <laughs> here. We got a little ASMR going here. Oh, yeah. That sounds good, doesn't it? Ooh. Oh, crinkle, crinkle. Hi. I've got this great book. It's called Yawn Patrol. There could, there could be dudes inside. There could be dudes surfing. And it could be a lot of fun with really cool boards. This is this is beautifully done. Um, really, you know, I saw a lot of the photos online. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because... Uh, what I love about a lot of the photos I saw at least is that um, it, it really captures a lot of the mood and feel of the Dawn Patrol. It really feels like it, the lighting, you know, particularly like winter Dawn Patrols, it's dark, it's kind of cold, it's a little gray, um, but there's, there's something about anticipatory about it. You know, you have a lot of these build up images before surfing, which I think is always a, something really interesting about surfing, right? Like you can, you can almost feel that stoke and excitement before you even have that, that elation, you know, that, that, um, gratification moment. And like a lot of this is that, that pre gratification, it feels like, which I think is, um, really, uh, overlooked a lot of times in surf media and, and isn't always captured. And that's what I, I think is really beautiful about this. You know, was that something very conscious of you is like trying to capture all the, the morning rituals? Yeah, I, I think it was. I think I think it was I think it was conscious and also unconscious because a lot of the yeah. a lot of the surf shots didn't come out. Like it would be blurry or <laughs> like it would be tricky or like, you know, it'd be too far away. And um but but most definitely I feel like um, you know, we we surfing in New York is is pretty specific and like there's just a lot of textures around the city and a, a lot around Rockaway. Yeah. Um, and um, we have a good, good group of friends and it's, you know, it's fun to take photos of those. And I, I think like for, for me, like some of the days that I enjoy most about surfing are the days when I have super low expectations. Of course. And like, I'll, it's like, the, there's not it, like, it's not like a world-class surfing book. It's like sort of an art book kind of, mm -hmm. you know, and um, I think, I, you know, I hope it captures some of that. Like, I, I, I feel like it does. Like, I mean, just looking through this right now, like it, it feels, you know, it, 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 it feels like 
a lot of this stuff brings me back to growing up almost in New York and surfing here. Like uh, I have a lot of these photos look like, oh my God, I experienced the same thing. I have even some photos that are kind of similar in some ways, but it, it captures a mood, a feel that I think is very unique to here, particularly. Mm-hmm. The other thing I'm, I'm always like, um, I'm curious, like I think what's interesting about it is that the variety of methods you have to get to the beach in New York, right? Like you have the subway, you have the bike, you have cars, you have bus, you have ferry, you have Uber, zip cars. Like what, what were some of the modes of transportation that, that you covered while doing this book? Def- m- most of the time driving. Um, drive with the guys, I think like, Caravan, caravan, everyone, yeah, you know, just, and carpool, carpool meet out there. Um, we have one friend, Carl, who's, who he's on the cover. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to live on the upper West side. And so he, <laughs> I, I lived in Brooklyn at the time and we would go super early and he would take the train down from the upper West side oh, and meet man. me in Brooklyn. And we, we, you know, we were leaving at like three forty-five in the morning. So <sighs> who knows what time he was getting up and he like, you know, just never complained once it just like on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, mostly, mostly, mostly driving out training. A lot of times we'll like carpool out and then train back to the city. If everybody's got to work right um, now, it's a little bit different with, you know, some, some people working from home and totally. things like that. It's a little easier. Um, but yeah, that, what, like what is like everyone, I guess like when you had to, um, you know, drive out and then you, you took the train back and then you would just leave your car out there. And then you'd come after work, like have to come pick it up. Would you be able to get an afternoon session in at least? Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> you can play a little hooky. Sometimes. Um, but yeah, you know, um, or, or you catch a ride with somebody out there and then take the train back too. And, you know, gotten to the point now where you keep boards out at Rockaway. Yeah. Which is, which is like, like amazing that you don't have to, to cart it out there. It's also like very healthy for my relationship with my wife. That, <laughs> uh, it's like out of sight, out of mind. So, so uh, you don't keep your boards in, in your place now? No, we keep them at locals. Everybody's kind of got lockers with, nice. with the mics. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a country club there. It's like, a, <laughs> it's like, well, when, when, when did that happen? And was there an ultimatum basically? <laughs> That, that actually happened about two years ago. For the longest time, it was like stacking, stacking boards and like bringing them out. And then um, um, had a, I had a friend that had a, a, a locker at Borders yeah. for a long time. And that was that, like that, that shop is so amazing. Yeah. Um, but we were surfing in the 60s a little bit more. So coming down a little bit and being a little bit closer. And right when, when Mike opened that spot up, um, it's kind of, I think when we got in there. Yeah, like, yeah, we're going to do this. Like, it's a block away from the beach. They got there's, showers. Yeah, in the winter, they're, like, fully spoiled now. There's, yeah. like, no changing in the, you know, on the on the side of the road, freezing cold. You can kind of, like, stay out a little bit longer, get frozen, and then come back, how, get in the hot much shower. Are, how it's much like, are those lockers now? Uh, I think it's, like, 60 bucks a month, I want to say. That's not yeah. too bad. Yeah. That's pretty good, you know? That's, I mean... I remember a lot of people used to rent out like the house, the little shacks and everything, you know, and, and it would be like a hundred bucks, you know, to, to do it. And those places got nasty. You know? <laughs> they that, got nasty that. and someone would probably take out your board and you didn't know it even, you know? <laughs> and sometimes I wonder about that with the wetsuits because you can leave your wetsuit there if you want. Oh, really? No, I don't know if I fully what? trust that. Why does it smell like asparagus? Why I didn't eat asparagus. <laughs> oh, no. 
uh, you know, I was listening to the show, uh, Joe, our engineer here. I was like, oh, I realize I have a built-in laugh track that I give. (laughs) 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 Um, and, And I guess like, you know, what's like then, so the other thing is then you go to locals, like you can get the coffee and the only thing is like, it takes a while to get like a breakfast sometimes if you're in a rush, it's like... I feel like they got to have prepared breakfast burritos, like ready to go and just pop them in the mic or put them in a panini press. So you can just get out of there. I think that's a great idea. You know, pitch that to Mike. I've been, you know, I've been telling them, I've been telling the mics, you know, but, uh, need a little, yeah, you do. We usually just grab a cup of coffee and then take off, but maybe a pastry, the cookie, the cookies there are really good, which I think Mike's mom makes. Yeah. Yeah. Mike's mom's cookies are pretty delicious. Very good. Um, what would, how did you find the process of publishing this book? Because this is a self-published process um, and you're just starting in this venture too because you're going to have to find, you have at least one distribution spot, which is great. But how, how, how did you find that process and working through this and producing it yourself? I mean, it's been a learning process along the way. Like I said, yeah. um, Moscow and Alexandra from, from Head High like really helped. Um, James from Labor, uh, mm-hmm. he owns a skate shop in the city. He's been amazing. He actually connected me with the person that printed the book. Nice. Um, who who is that? If you don't mind me, or do they not want to be known? Is there? They do want to be known. Yeah. Miss, it's it's on the first page. It's um it was in Slovenia. It was um. Uh, okay, Adi Sales, O D D I Sales in Slovenia. Nice. Yeah. They so they printed a couple of friends' books and um. Just the process was super smooth and really easy. And they have offices here in New York, so it made it a little bit easier. Um, but it was still, like, I didn't get to see any proofs. Really? It was all, like, PDFs and digital. And so when it came back, I was like, oh, man. Like, like please bleed out all the way. Yeah, please, <laughs> please turn out. Please don't be, excuse me, please don't be blurry. Um, but it was, yeah, it was just uh, figuring it out as I go. Um, I've worked on magazines for friends in the past. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm familiar with the programs and like laying things out and right. as a designer, um, familiar with InDesign and, and all that. So laying it out was like fairly natural. Some of the like getting the final files together was mm-hmm. a little, you know, took, took me some time. <laughs> um, but yeah, in, in terms of like getting the book out there, um, just figuring it out, you know, head, head high is going to carry it. Um, Chris from Pilgrim is going to carry nice. it. Um, it's been super, Super great. Hopefully locals will carry it. Hopefully locals will carry it. I talked to Joe Falcone. Oh, Alameda is going to carry it now. There you go. You got the New York distribution going right right here already. You know, it's like it's already caked into it in some some ways. Everybody's been super supportive and and down to, to grab it. And then, you know. Everything with setting up a website now on Shopify and, and so easy, it's so easy. It's yeah. wild. Um, so that's been, you know, pretty awesome. And then James, again, James from labor, he helped me make the book, um, in terms of, of, of getting it made. Nice. Um, and he's been just like awesome around, like giving me pointers, <laughs> how to get it out there, how to, you know, how to, how to talk to people and set up invoicing and getting Shopify going and, and all that. So. Next part will be the taxes that you oh, have to figure out. Oh, no. <laughs> let's, not, let's not talk about that just yet. <laughs> Get your wife to help you with that part. Maybe. Exactly. 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 <laughs> hey, so how did you come about to New York? Like you've been here for about 11 years, did you say, uh, in your bio? But uh, how did you, you grew up in Colorado originally. What part of Colorado did you grow up in? 
did. Yeah, I grew up in um, Evergreen, which is 30 minutes west of Denver. Yeah. Like a little mountain town um, in the foothills of Colorado. Um, and, yeah, I grew up there. I went to college there. Lived in Denver for a little bit. And then um, I was working in the agency world um, for a company. And um, it was just time for me to, like, get out of Colorado and check out check out other Check out new areas, and I grew up skating and, and snowboarding. So I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to California. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna skate. I'm gonna like learn to surf. You know, if I, if I can get to the mountains, I can still mm-hmm. from there. It's like totally. s- still pretty accessible. Um, so I moved. I got a job uh, at an agency, and I moved to Newport Beach, nice. Cos- Costa Mesa area, Newport Beach. And I was there for about four months, <laughs> and you know, drove drove out. Um, and the company that I took a job for wound up selling oh. beforehand. And just there was like a huge change in like the people that were running the company. Um, I, like come, come back to surfing. I remember when I interviewed the guy drove me by the wedge. Oh. And it was like, I was like, holy shit. I You're like, I'm not going to go surf. I'm not learning in there, yeah, right? I'm not going, I'm not going there. <laughs> but the, this, this lifestyle seems amazing. Um, so yeah, I was, I was actually there for about four months. And the company was just really rocky. I was like sleeping um, we, we were like working in the old Volcom warehouse in Costa Mesa. Oh, wow. So it was like pretty close to the beach. Mm-hmm. It was like five minutes from my house. So I didn't have to drive or anything, but it was like super rocky. I was working insane hours. I was like sleeping at the office a little bit. Um, sometimes we'd like pop down to the beach and like, just like chill out because we had, we only had like an hour or two and then had to go back to the office. Um, so I just decided that it wasn't, it wasn't really for me. Yeah. And, um, and then I, yeah, you get soft in California anyway, <laughs> yeah, man. Right. Come on. Like right. they're all, everything's all nice and warm and it's all there. And like the surfing part is like, I always, people probably heard me say this, but like I always liken surfing out there is like agricultural and surfing here is hunter gatherer, right. you know, it's feast or famine. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Like if I'm going to work this much, I need to be in New York. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You might as well. Might as well. So you just said, all right, I'm, I'm picking up and moving to New York or were, was it an opportunity that, that presented itself? I got a, I got a job. I was, it was a, the company that I'd always kind of wanted to work for at the time. Um, just hit me up while I was out there and I was like, oh man, okay, this isn't going very well. Like I'll. I'll try it out and see what happens. And were you aware of surfing in New York at the time? No, absolutely not. Oh wow! <laughs> so it was more. It was more like I'll, I'll go there for like a to try working at this company. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I knew skateboarding in the city was pretty pretty amazing. Yeah. So that was that was a draw. And then um, I had a couple of friends out here that made it that made the transition a lot easier that I knew from from school. Um, one of them hired me. Um, nice. So yeah, that was. I mean, that was that was my introduction to New York. I think it's been like. 11, 12 years now. I thought I was going to be here for a year. And I was like, then I'm going to go back to California, go back to Colorado. And I'm still here. A lot of people say that, you know, and it just kind of captures you and draws you in. And uh, the more you discover that you can do here, the accessibility of certain things like surfing, I would argue is, is almost more accessible than living in LA, you know, uh, you know, you can, sure, we don't have as many way, you know, the sun is consistent, mm-hmm. but it's so much quicker and easier just to get to the beach and you can just sit on the train if you want, you know, and read a book instead of pulling your hair out, getting, you know, driving in traffic, you know? Right. So, I mean, that's like, uh, that's also a nice thing. When, when did you discover surfing here then? How did you, how did you come about that? I, I, I was surfing a little bit in California, um, but it was probably, you know, like, like when I was 
moved here, I was just like figuring it out. Mm-hmm. So surfing really wasn't on my radar, but I, I probably started surfing maybe like two years in. Um, I had a friend with a car. Nice. Um, and we started coming down, um, rented boards from Borders, and then just started kind of figuring it out, buying boards on Craigslist and, and getting to the beach more, trying to like get a zip car, go to Jersey. <laughs> and then, um, I, I mean, I think... I bought, I think the first board that I, the first like new surfboard that I got was from Rick Malwitz. Um, oh man, he's great. Really good dude and really like. Great shaper. Great shaper, super nice. Um, and I just was fan, like a big fan of his boards. And he, I think he moved from Jersey to, to Pennsylvania, yeah, I think yeah. at the time. And it was like, it was like, oh, I think I'm just going to do some shaping for like full time for a little bit. And I was like, okay, it's a good time to get a board from him. So nice. That was one of the first words I got, but I had, you know, just like some random stuff off of Craigslist that I would find and like use for a bit and then trade it out. But, you know, you figure it out that way. Craigslist here for surfboards is surprisingly bare and difficult compared to like the West Coast. I feel like things go really fast. Yeah. Things are up, like things will come through our little group chat really quick and they're just like, oh, okay. And they're not cheap. You know, it's like... They're like, especially that mid-length, you know, size where everyone who's learning wants to get something along that fun board size. And then next thing you know, like, boom, it goes for almost more than probably a cost originally sometimes. It's, it's kind of hilarious. I find, uh, how board scarce we are over here. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Totally. I set up Craigslist notifications for a little while there and, you know. (laughs) <laughs> just to like compete because I'm not going to check it regularly. So I'm like, oh, I need the, I need the little alert system to tell me. It's the board swap sales that, that are key. So I good. find like Pilgrim has a really nice one. Yep. Um, my family's surf shop out in Long Island. We used to do one. Uh, we do, we do one in like, holy crap. Like some gems would come through just some clueless person. And then so a lot of times I would blow it because I would be way too excited right away. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I want to get, I'll, I'll, I'll buy it off you. Now I'll buy for like 200 and they're like, wait a minute. Well, maybe I could get it for three. And you're like, fuck, (laughs) (laughs) showed my cards too early. Poker face. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Um, and now you, you do, so you do design Mm -hmm. like, and, and like art direction. Is that, is that correct? Like it was, it was more art direction. I've transitioned into more like, I guess, into the sort of like app and, and web space now where it's more like UI and, and UX and user experience. And, um, but when I was coming up in Colorado, I did a lot of art direction and design and that, but the industry's changed so much. Um, really? So, it's, I mean, now, you know, we live in like, we live on our phones and we live on websites and, um, so what does that mean with the experience, like going through just like what the app, like the whole process do you, do you have to, are you involved with the mapping out of all the different routes you can take on an app basically? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, this, it's a, it's a weird thing to explain. I think I've explained it to my mom <laughs> like 50 times and she's still like, I don't know what the hell you do. Um, you but, make apps. That's yeah, what she says, exactly. right? Like that one's, that one's okay. I use that one. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's mapping out, um, the experience. I think the, I guess the best, the best analogy is. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, I guess think of it like architecture and mm-hmm. think of it like the design of a building. Um, right. And you can basically go into this website or this app and it's effectively a building and you can move through it. Um, and there's all these... Um, different ways to navigate. Um, there's different sort of experiences that the company might have as a priority for you or they want you to do or um, like the, you know, the, the case in point is like an e-commerce site at the end of the tunnel, yeah. they, you know, that you want you to buy something so that <laughs> remove as much friction as you can to buy something. Um, but then there's, there, there's like a lot of, um, you know, restrictions on it. There's things like compliances. Like, mm. so think of like... Especially and, with the app stores, right? Right. You have to... There, there are certain rules you have to follow, I imagine. Right. Certain like contrast ratios for text and sizing and for colors and things like that. So it's, it's, it's similar to architecture in the sense that like you have regulations that you need to hit. And so it's a designer's responsibility to take all of those into account mm-hmm. and then provide sort of like the best case experience for whatever the business problem is. And then for, um, I guess, the user experience should be pretty solid too. And, you know, now because we're on our phones so much and we're on our, you know, the website so much, it's, it's getting pretty dialed. Yeah. Um, but there's just so much, I don't know, there's, there, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy world. It's a crazy world. And then you have, and then you come up with VR and like that whole. VR world will be, will change or, or the augmented reality of sorts, right? Like that's also having like, you know, your Oakley sunglasses then with like, Pokemon in front of you or whatever, you know, it's going to be, it'd be wild. (laughs) You know, kids, kids don't know anything different. Like I feel like I I grew up in an era where we sort of knew the difference a little Mm -hmm. bit, like between the web and between social media and not having it. And now you see kids and it's like, it's just straight Minecraft from almost day one. So, but you've also done stuff for some cool brands like Nike and Supreme. What were you doing for those guys? Like, and I imagine like your skate and snow kind of backgrounds played into that. Am I correct in that? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's like I sort of found design through skateboarding and wanting to like make brands and like film friends and stuff like that when I was younger. And so that, that's definitely like, I attribute that to me having a career in this industry. And then um, with Nike, I, I worked on um, 
there was like this phase when this is super nerdy, but let's let's nerd out. <laughs> okay. Come on, everything, let's get into it. Everything went from this um, this uh, I guess it's a program or coding language called Flash. Oh, uh, I remember Flash. Remember Flash? Yeah, yeah, totally. That was when I was going to college. You're like everything's gonna be Flash, right? Right. <laughs> it's like this crazy like keyframe animation mixed with like coding, and a lot of like websites were done back in the day, and, yeah. that, and things would like move, and it like super super cool. Yeah. But there was this transition um, where all these websites moved away from Flash into HTML because it was much more accessible. Yeah. And Apple sort of, with everything going mobile, they sort of mandated that they weren't going to support Flash. Yeah. Um, and so I got to work on Nike.com when it made that transition. Wow. Um, which was a super cool experience with like a bunch of super talented people. Um, and that sort of led me to meet people on Nike skateboarding. Uh, I helped sort of launch Nike skateboarding on Nike.com. Wow. So that project led into an app um, I did for Nike skateboarding, um, which I think it's maybe like seven or eight years ago now. Wow. Um, which was super cool. I definitely like burned myself out because in the back of my mind, I was like, do skateboarders need an app? <laughs> and in the back of my mind, I was like, no. And, but at the same time, like we did some, we did some really cool stuff. And I think like I... I have this like, just have like a skepticism. I feel like in myself, and sometimes like in what I'm working on. Yeah. Um, I try try to make it healthy, but um, I think we did some really cool stuff with the phone and you know teaching kids how to skate sort of outside of the computer and giving um, a cool experience that could happen at you know skate parks or while kids are skating. Well, well, it's like that. Um, like we were talking about before. You know, I'm watching the I'm I'm jury member in the Montauk Film Festival and we're uh, watching this documentary on the making of Tony Hawk Pro Skater and that game introduced like so many kids to skateboarding but not only that it educated them on all the moves and what they were doing and the names of it and all the professional skaters along with that. So I mean the technology totally has relevance into skateboarding, I imagine, uh, with all of that sort of stuff. Totally. I mean, I think that's like a great way to look at it, too. And I think like at the time I was like, oh, I was like so caught up in it. But then you step away from it. And yeah, it, it you know, it helped. It, it really helped introduce a lot of people to skateboarding. I mean, Tony Hawk is like case in point that like yeah. people started skateboarding after playing that game. And like people knew what all of these different tricks were. The bands, the music, yeah, the music too. is like... <laughs> You know, like still burned in my head. Yeah, you know, Primus, you know, just that loop of one song over and over, you know, and it's just like amazing, like uh, what an impact that sort of stuff has and the tech that can have on can, the impact the tech can have on these sports that we do, uh, particularly skate and, and surf and snow. Uh, I, I look to surf right now and it's always super interesting seeing like, someone with the drone or the solo shots on the beach and how that can really improve people surfing. People improve dramatically because they can see themselves uh, doing it. Do you, do you use any of that stuff? I don't. Um, <laughs> but I like for me, when I was, when I was skating and I was learning how to skate, I would set up like a handy cam in the garage and right. like film my, and it's like same thing. Like, totally. I would film myself and I just wanted to like see it. Um, but 
No, I don't. I don't have a. I don't have a solo shot. I would. I would actually prefer not to see myself surfing these days. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I'm cool with the way that I look in my head. <laughs> I know. When I see it, I'm like, oh man, like. <laughs> but I totally. Yeah, the progression is crazy. Like, y- you know, you can go to the beach by yourself and set something up, and it's it's wild. You know, I I feel like um, with wave pools, the wave pool technology and the tech that I imagine like one day you may end up having to design an app probably (laughs) that will go along with the wave pool showing the maneuvers you're doing or whatever. I mean, it's, it's kind of wild. I feel like that they're the, the future of this sort of stuff and the influence of tech on these sports are, are going to change it uh, dramatically. Totally. I mean, there's the thing with Surfline now where you can wear like an Apple Watch and like if you check the surf cam, like you'll get all your clips from <laughs> from that time, which is, you know, that's also crazy. And then there's watches that do wave counts and it, all kinds of stuff. I know that sort of stuff is is I have mixed feelings on it. I, you know, I don't know how you feel, but I totally like and, and I had like an interesting conversation about purity and surfing and what that is, because it's yeah. always a moving target, actually, because people would look at what, what I ride or what I do, not pure, like 30, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. So um, it's always a moving thing, but it, 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 it's weird to have these tech encroach on the thing where you're trying to interact with nature, I guess. Uh, but they can also enhance your experience, too. For sure. I think f- for me, I'm, I'm too close to it in my work life. Yeah. That, like I like that separation. It's part of the reason. I was just going to say. Part of the reason with the book, like I wanted to just do something like point and shoot. It's analog, it's, basically. It's, it's analog and it's, it's tough and like a ton of, ton of shit doesn't work out. Um, it's, it's pretty challenging. Um, and you also like, there's a surprise to it. Like I, the, with the camera, it's, it's old and it's kind of leaky. Mm-hmm. So I have to duct tape it up every time I swap the, <laughs> swap the, swap the film out. And so like half the time I don't even know what I'm shooting. And there's like a surprise when you get a rollback, you're like, Oh shit. Like that, that thing came out like, wow, that's crazy. The delayed gratification. Exactly. There's like, the, like a really nice surprise to it. And I'll try to shoot like maybe like five or six rolls and then go get them all developed together. Mm-hmm. And so like a good amount of time passes, you know, for how, for how frequently we have waves, <laughs> like five or six rolls would be a long time. So th- it's like a really fun sort of treat to kind of like go through them and share them with my friends. And like, I would always like when I'd get them, I'd like just blast the group text and like, I don't know. I, I feel like, f- yeah, I, I like having that separation and I like things um, especially with surfing to be a little bit more, more stripped down more. Yeah, exactly. More pure, more stripped down, simple, like the things that, um, I don't need a lot of things to worry about having, having a camera is, yeah. is plenty. So with the, the Dawn patrols, like, um, and, and you mentioned Surfline before. So like, I'm sure you were looking at the forecast and stuff, but what I, but I imagine like a lot of times leaving early, particularly in the dark, you can't see the cams. And, and also when you carpool with someone, it's, it's very much you have to commit to it. It's, it, you know, whereas if you go alone, which I tend to a lot, I, I will be lazy. I will get up, I will look at the cam and I'll be like, is it worth, you know, particularly with like my wife in bed and she looks all snuggly and I don't want to totally, you know, <laughs> leave then because, you know, you have to choose and, and there's like a whole thing. But when you, when you're do when you're committing with other people, there, there's a, there's a level of commitment and then 
you go and you, it doesn't turn out exactly the way you, you thought it would, huh? Totally. We tried to surf this morning. <laughs> How did that go? It was high tide. And like <laughs> there was, it was the only sort of trace of a wave for the next couple of days. So it was just, a, yeah, it was like a blind commitment. And you're like, and that's part of, um, I feel like part of the cool part about having the friends is like you sort of get forced in that sense. Yeah. Because you are you com- you commit to it. It, it like, was, oh, I got to go. I, you know, it motivates it, you. It, it does motivate you. And we have like a good good little crew and everybody gets super motivated and probably like a little, I don't know, everybody's kind of challenging each other in some little way. But it, it's great because, it, you know, everybody gets out there and it's a good time. The morning is a really good time in New York, whether you're out of the beach or you're just cruising around the city. Like it's sort of like there's so many people here and there's so much going on that the morning is like a very, at least for me, I've always been a morning person. It's like a pretty sacred time and like feels like it's my own. So if I can be out there and there are no waves, Mm -hmm. at least I'm out there with my friends and you know, I'm, I get to see the sunrise or, you know, I get to kind of like savor a couple hours by myself. And that's, that's, that's to me, that's just as much surfing as it is like seeing, seeing a friend on a wave or getting a really fun wave. Well, it's, it's the whole experience, right? Like it's, it's, it's all of that sort of stuff wrapped into it. It's, you know, surfing and here's where like surfing a wave pool won't fully replace is, is that whole aspect of like getting up early, um, don't knowing if you're going to get waves. There's always that anticipation and excitement level, but also hesitancy. Uh, so you have feeling a whole range of emotions. Uh, winter, it's cold, it's dark as fuck out. And like, you're just like, why am I doing this? And you're getting your cup of coffee. Do you drink coffee before you surf or after? I usually drink coffee. Well, in the summer, I try, I don't because it's so early. Yeah. When, when, when early, when sunrise is a little bit later, I can, I can get up and like make myself a quick cup of coffee, but I usually like to have a cup of coffee beforehand. Do you ever have the post coffee poo problem? Oh, bef- bef- <laughs> I've had, <laughs> yes, many times, many times. I've, uh, You're like, shit, <laughs> literally, what am I d- going to do? Where do I go? I know. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. You got to strip everything off and figure it out. You can't, you know, back in the day, the boardwalk used, before Sandy, you could go under the boardwalk sometimes or find a little spot, but not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> luckily, luckily at that hour, hopefully you're kind of by yourself. Yeah. But it, it also, but, you know, once day breaks, you're, you're in broad daylight. I uh, know. Summer, at least, like, you know, the bathrooms are mostly open, at least, right. you know, where, where it's in winter, you're really kind of struggling there. And you're going to be freezing cold once you... <laughs> <laughs> once you figure it out, once you figure out the situation. What's your post, post-surf post grind spot? Like, where do you go? What do you get after a surf? Like, what's your favorite spot? Usually get a coffee at Locals, mm-hmm. and then we'll go to B&B, which is the spot. It's um, Bagels and Barista, which is just over the bridge. Yes, that's um, the spot. Because they have, like, the perfect setup outside. Absolutely. Uh, we can just kind of, like, hang out and shoot the shit for a little bit and talk and... Uh, you know, and they're fast. They're super fast. The bagels are really good. The, the wraps are good. Everything. Yeah. Everything is good there. Like even like lunch, you know, if you surf all morning and, you, and it's like lunchtime, like freaking really good there. You can get pastrami. You can get a pastrami and egg Oof. sandwich, which is really nice. Never had the pastrami oh, and egg. Oh man. Oof. 
highly recommend it. You know, you can do all that. They have all the coffees, you know, the iced coffees, the flavored coffees. Like I definitely, that is like, that's my go-to. Good spot. You know, I do, I do enjoy going to, uh, you know, the bakery as well. The bakery's good. Uh, the bakery's amazing. The biscuits. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're usually a little early for the bakery, so we have to kind of like. One day I got to get Tracy on here. Like, she's 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 doing. I don't know. She's 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 got a great program going. And she, the, like you, you could like when you walk up and you smell the bacon and you smell those sandwiches, you're just like, oh my god. Like ham and so cheese good. croissant, and then like. Um, what I love is the like uh, croissant loaf that they do. I get that <laughs> for my wife. It's so good. It's delicious. It's like, it's, I, I love how Rockway has evolved. And you've been around enough now to have seen like a really steep incline in, incline in the evolution of Rockway. And, you know, it used to be, I mean, when I was going out there, you know, in, in like late 90s, early 2000, like there was, nowhere like you you know you went to like just one of the bodegas and got like a a breakfast sandwich but now it's like incredible all the all the all all the different places you can go it's kind of mind-blowing there's so much good food out there claudette oh yes super good claudette the burrito place yeah super boardwalk pizza has got a nice slice you know haven't eaten there yet oh it's a good slice it's a it's a pretty decent slice you want to ask for it you know get it nice and crunchy though for sure um and then like with skateboarding too do you still skate a bunch i mean loosely loosely I, i think it's uh as my i have pretty bad knees from it um but yeah i mean overall around here and there but I feel like skateboarding now is more of like a, an excuse to like go hang out with friends or like have a mm-hmm. beer. Yeah. Um, definitely not trying to like jump, jump down anything anymore. Snowboarding. Do you, do yeah. you go around here at all? Sometimes we'll go up to mountain Creek, which is awesome. Yeah. Such a scene there. Uh, <laughs> I thought like I didn't snowboard here for a couple of years when I first moved here, maybe like five, six years. Cause I was like, Oh, it's, you've heard stories. You're like, Oh, it's, it's not icy. Gonna, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be super icy and yeah. choppy and, um, but we went to Mountain Creek and like I had a great time. And we went to Vermont this last year with um, some friends and it was great. Like we had great snow and uh, had a blast. So definitely still snowboard. Yeah, um, a little easier on on the knees. A little easier on the body. And I'm not, you know, you, I only do it like a couple times a year. Sometimes when I go home and visit family, I'll I'll snowboard. Usually go for a day. Now let me ask you if they opened like a bunch of really good wave pools in Colorado would you move back to Colorado <laughs> it would definitely make it hard <laughs> um, I, no but no I like the I like I mean I love New York I love it here I think the people and I don't know we get four seasons you get you, you meet people with such different tastes mm-hmm. people that are just like walking contradictions and so intelligent and so interesting and like I think I think people have to work really hard here for what they like to do, and yeah. you know, like I think surfing is case in point in that, and like all the people that have been surfing forever, like I, I have so much respect for it because you actually you, you like really, really love what you're doing, yeah, and it's so hard to do it, and I think that to me, that kind of is New York in some way, shape, or form, where it's like it, it is a tough place to live, but it's also like everybody looks out for each other, everybody. Um, Sort of, you. I think that's why I can't leave now. Yeah, I'm like I've worked so hard to get here. I have so many friends here. I have such a good community, and like I, 
I don't want to leave that. And also, I'm, you sort of get addicted to it, I think. You do. The energy, uh, you know, there's that energy factor, you know, that, that I think is it's hard to go other places that are slower pace, mm-hmm. I find. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, why aren't, why don't, why isn't this done faster? What, you know, they should have this done, you know, like, why, why isn't this food taking so long? You know, it's like right. all of those things and just work wise, even you're like, why aren't they getting this shit done faster? And, you know, sure. Some people might say that's unhealthy, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but it is, it is something, uh, about working really hard here and every, every, little inch you get, every little bit you get, you really feel like you've earned it. You know, you really feel like you can savor it mm-hmm. a little bit more. Whereas a lot of other places, it's so much easier. You know, you, you take it for granted. You, you, you don't savor that bite of, of surfing when we get that swell and it's good. Like you gorge on it for sure, mm-hmm. but you also really try to savor that, that moment and bottle it almost. For sure. Yeah. And, I totally agree. I, like it's uh, that that is true for a lot of different things too, and like especially with surfing because when it gets, you know, when it gets good, it gets it gets really good. Yeah, and then you know, you remember those days and you work really hard to have those days, and you go out a bunch of days and it's not very good. And like once you once you get it, it's like oh, that you, was that was awesome. You really, it's like your your dopamine level just hits another another trajectory, you know, whereas if everyone, you know, you're on the West coast, no offense to everyone on the West coast (laughs) here, but just saying like you, you have waves on the regular and it's just like, you get spoiled and you just like take it for granted. And you're just like, yeah, this was fun. That was good. And you kind of, all those sessions blend together. Whereas here it's like, remember on September 15th, 2016, you know, like you see these, these throwback photos on Instagram, even and it's like, remember this day? And you're like, Oh fuck. Yeah, I do. You know, it, it really does stand out. Yeah. And it does make you savor it. It makes you appreciate what, what you sort of don't have in a sense. Cause those days come few and far mm-hmm. between. So you're like, Oh yeah, got it. Got to get it. And then everybody, you know, it's fun because it creates stories around it. Everybody likes to talk about it and generates energy, energy. And then also I think the, the, the anticipation around it, like the research that people do in terms of like boards and yes. like trying to figure out, oh, okay, I got, I need to have this board for this type of, you know, you can also dive out. into, yeah, you can dive because you're not doing it as much. The activity, you can dive into all the different aspects like board design, uh, history, culture, fashion, you know, it's all, all here too. Right. Um, you know, and then, you know, you can, you know, and you can talk with people like you do your dawn patrols. How many of those conversations, you know, in the car are just purely talking about surfing and nerding out on it? Mm-hmm. So, so much of it. It's so much <laughs> of like, just like you see the latest clips or you see, you know, somebody, somebody rips an old surf movie and you like discover something that you had never seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it just like opens your mind to like, like you said, like, I, I feel like I appreciate surfing so much more that like, I want to really look into like the history and, you know, a lot of the boards that like are friends ride or I ride are, are older boards. Yeah. And like, just like nerding out on like, yeah, the history of, res- of, of surfing and where things came from, why people were riding the things that they did and like having conversations around that and then like getting put on to like new shapes or like new shapers mm-hmm. is so fun. And like that, that is also like a huge part of, 
of surfing. Just like this sort of like wormhole you can go in. And this book, like it, it, it really feels like you capture that essence, you know, I would say, and I'm really, thank you for this book. I'm really appreciate this. So, um, for our listeners, uh, if you want to get yourself a copy, um, but they can go to, uh, www.yawn-patrol.com. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? That's it. Or, or you can go to Head High Book and Coffee Shop over by the Brooklyn Navy Yard, where our friend Moscow has it uh, on sale, or it'll be at Pilgrim and Alameda Club and other fine, reputable surf spots, I imagine. Yeah, totally. I'm going to shop it around a couple bookstores, too. Hopefully, you know, there's some interest. But, yeah, you can get it, get it online or get it... Get it locally. Support your local shops and support your local bookstores and surf shops. Do you do you think you're going to do a different version of this, or uh, maybe maybe the Arvo sesh? You can do it'll be the post the you know the evening surfs, <laughs> or or you know even post surf. You know, like hanging out at you know the bagel place and. <laughs> Just, just all B&B photos. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> that would actually be kind of sick. I think that would be an awesome book. And I think they would be stoked on it. And you just like, every time you go in there, you order something different. And you, you take a photo of that too. That, that's awesome. <laughs> so there's a, I, like half of the graphics that we actually, 90% of the graphics are kind of like, kind of rip off graphics. Nice. But I have a B&B graphic. No way. That's Yawn Patrol. <laughs> and I'm just waiting for the right time to use it. It's it's awesome. I I really love this book. I love the feels. It it really I think captures all the things that we we kind of experience. And I think uh, yeah, the the mood, the darkness, it's it's really to me like, oh, this is my experience. And I think a lot of New York surfers are going to really uh, appreciate this book. So, um, Hashi, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, and if they want to follow you on Instagram, it's uh, at yawn.patrol. Yep, that's oh. it. All right. So all our listeners, go follow them there. And uh, if you're also on Instagram, follow us at Swell Season Surf. We uh, regularly post our shows and local happenings and things like that. And uh, you're having an opening tomorrow, but this episode will air after the fact, unfortunately. But uh, hopefully the opening goes well. I think it's going to get quite a reception. And uh, we'll catch you on down the line, Hashi. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Tyler. Thank you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.